0: Hey listeners, welcome to episode 10. We're in double digits of the Sport Fanatics podcast. I'm Chris. I'm J. Mike. Today we're going to talk about the NBA Finals, a little bit of MLB, some racing. That's today's episode, but for now, here's the theme song.
1: Raindrops are falling on my head.
0: yeah but inside scoop it's actually raining here right now again. we've had so much rain this summer
1: we have starting to feel like
0: what Seattle <laughs> like the rainforest out there on that yeah. peninsula yeah west of oh, Seattle, yeah. yeah believe it or not, we actually get less rain or sorry, we actually get more rain here than uh in Seattle on the average, like in the city I did not of know Seattle, that. yeah, but it's just uh like a few miles west of Seattle there's this rainforest, a real small rainforest. And okay. that's where the stereotype comes from. Okay. It's where they film Twilight out in that uh-huh. rainforest. <laughs> Everybody's favorite movie on, on I'm sure our listeners' favorite movie is the
1: Twilight series. I saw a I saw a really funny meme or what they call them, uh GIFs or, yeah. or 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 whatever where it's a picture, and it goes how Twilight should have ended, and it's got Robert Pattinson's vampire character and his his girlfriend, who he ends up turning in, into a vampire. Oh, uh, yeah! They ended up falling in love with each other, uh-huh. and in the background, you see Wesley Snipes's Blade <laughs> character. <laughs> And he's just he just back there like man I'm fixing to <laughs> the I'm fixing crossover it, I'm to gank them. the crossover everyone wanted <laughs> and I I looked at that and I just started busting out laughing I said yeah that's exactly how it should have ended because I I went to unfortunately see a couple of those movies <laughs> with my with my with my ex-girlfriend but at you know at the time yeah and i absolutely hated ha- hated I that mean, series but how yeah i can what that had been <laughs> blade comes down from nowhere and ganks them both <laughs> and everybody applauds into cheers that hates the twilight series
0: yeah the only the only way i saw them was the riff tracks of them so that was okay. made it bearable yeah but <laughs> yeah uh yeah i'm glad i didn't <laughs> have to see them things in theaters and oh, it was it was awful. Too bad you couldn't call Wesley Snipes in. Yeah, but talking about sports, I guess we'll start with NBA. With the uh, yeah. That, that let's dive right into it. The Chris. finals, the uh, Bucks. They got that three two lead now, winning
1: on the road. The first road win of the series so far, one twenty three to one nineteen, and a sixteen point comeback victory for the Milwaukee Bucks over the Phoenix Suns.
0: Yeah, how about that? The Phoenix started strong, and yeah,
1: yeah, it it looked like that they were going to control the game for the most part, considering they. I mean, they jumped out.
0: Well, it's kind of what we expected at first because we were talking about going back to Phoenix.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, they, we, and they would be favored. Oh yeah. Because every... The home team in this series had won every game. Of course, prior to game five. And you knew that the Suns would be favored in that aspect. And plus, they had just like the Bucks in this postseason have played so well at home, and they just jump out to that big lead. And Milwaukee calls timeout, starts to regroup, starts to come up with a different game plan. And I'll tell you what, Chris, it sure did work because for... Pretty much the whole second half, Milwaukee had the lead, and there were only a few instances late in the fourth quarter where Phoenix had cut it to, uh yeah, three. Yeah, it was close. And the only reason why two, and then one,
0: and the only reason it got that close was because of the poor free throw shooting from Giannis,
1: which credit the the rest of the players out on the floor for, for getting the rebound off of his missed free yeah. throws, which was absolutely crucial to how the Suns lost this game five. Yeah, all they they all they needed was to get some of them rebounds. It was like,
0: I mean, they weren't doing this, obviously. It was almost like Milwaukee was doing that thing where you purposefully miss the yeah, free throw at, at, to at get the, the rebound. End, towards the end of yeah. the game. Yeah. They just kept doing
1: that over and over. Uh, it's what it felt like. But it, obviously, it was working for Milwaukee because Phoenix couldn't snag the, the rebound off of the missed free throws. Well,
0: and at that point of the game, when it, when you're in that situation, having possession and taking off time is more valuable than anything. Yes. So
1: it worked out. <laughs> it especially in a game where you're up by only three, two, or one point. Right. Which, which that was pretty much the sequence. Yeah, one possession towards the. Uh, The end of that game
0: five, but. And another great performance by that trio of. Yes. Giannis minus the free throw shooting, Middleton and Holiday. Yes.
1: And. We've. We have talked about it on numerous occasions. If that three headed monster is on, that Phoenix would have to shoot at a very, very very good percentage which they were able to do but they're still not able to secure rebounds off of missed free throws or missed shots in general turning the basketball over how about the drew holiday oh, forced yeah. turnover on on devin booker as he was trapped yeah with well, down only one point
0: well that defense you you're, you're Talked about it, that defense coming in strong
1: for the Bucks, And they've done it in back-to-back games now. Yeah. Which have secured them two wins to tie and take the lead in this series all of a sudden. And like we said on the previous show, defense wins your championships and the Bucks with two big-time stops, big-time – Defensive plays that helped them to two big wins in this series, none bigger than Game Five, giving giving them a three to two series lead with a chance to win it all back on their home court, where they are now nine and one overall this postseason.
0: Yeah, and that that's huge for them. It really puts Phoenix on on their heels. They're it's back against the wall it, right now. It
1: is a must win, as we all know. Well, and Phoenix has just got a. They
0: need somebody other than Booker. Because I mean, Booker still had a great
1: game. Yeah, but they, not not getting help. Yeah, they just didn't have the to, uh, strong to, trio like yeah like the Bucks. like my Yeah, exactly. And I, I'll say it again. To keep up with those three, when they're playing at a high level, you have, you have got to have somebody compliment you on the Suns to, to stay in it. And because they shot at, at, at a decent percentage in game five, they were able to stay in that ball game. Just imagine if they weren't shooting the basketball well. Yeah. yeah. We're looking at another blowout. Mm Mm-hmm. But I've said that if all three are on the same page, they are winning the championship, and that's exactly what they have done, and they've got a great opportunity tonight to win it all.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure, To it's It leans heavily in favor of Milwaukee. No doubt like about like you said, they've, they've been so good at home, and this series, home for the most part, has been an advantage for both teams until... Game five. Until game five. And also, it's just all the momentum right now is with the Bucks. All the tangibles that you want going into a clinching game is on the side of Milwaukee right now. It's going to take... Some real, just an incredible effort and turnaround from Phoenix. No doubt. And
1: I'm looking right here at Chris Paul's, what he's averaging this series. He's averaging 21 points per game, 8.8 assists per game, and the biggest stat of them all, 18 turnovers in this series. Yeah, that's... Just killer,
0: disastrous.
1: And then you look at Giannis's performance in this series where he's averaging 32.2 points per game, 13 rebounds per game, and 5.6 assists per game. So you look at the two MVPs on each squad, and Giannis is Outperforming Chris Paul, to say the least. Yeah.
0: Well, and the thing is, this is also just in a a entirely different series. If Chris Paul is just he doesn't even have to be performing quite as uh, crazily as Giannis. He just if he's just marginally better, like maybe another four or five points a game. Yeah. That's a huge difference because these past two games have been really close and uh, like last night or on game five if he gets another Saturday five gets another five or six points I mean that's that's the game for the Suns now of course I know that that would change the the ending and how things are, are going but with the with the free throw shooting from from Giannis I feel like if Phoenix has the lead at the end
1: It'll be hard for them to to lose it. It's just that they keep yeah yeah because just just hack hack Giannis. Yeah. But Monty Williams telling his guys at the line snag the rebound. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's that's true. Because I mean, you're you're playing keep away at this point. You're yeah. playing keep away from Milwaukee, and that's not what that's not what they were able to do in Game Five, and it ultimately cost them. A huge game because now eighty one percent of teams up three games to two in the NBA finals go on to win the series. Yeah. You're going back to Milwaukee, they're nine and one overall this postseason on their home court. Teams are now four and twenty one when down three games to two in NBA finals history. So, Suns are not not on the right side of history. For sure. Only four teams, though, have won a game six on the road to force a game seven. They are the 2005 Detroit Pistons over the San Antonio Spurs. Ironically, the 1974 Milwaukee Bucks over the Boston Celtics. The 1962 Boston Celtics over the Los Angeles Lakers. And how about this? The 1954 Nationals huh. <laughs> over the Los Angeles Lakers, the only team that won this, that ended up winning the series, winning game six and seven, were the 62 Celtics.
0: That's surprising. You would think that once you win game six on the road, you would have all the momentum going back home for game seven. So you'd think that at that point, the percentages would favor you again, but apparently not. It's just one team that's managed to do it. Yes, and that was the
1: 1962 Celtics. Wow. But only only four teams have won a road game six when down three games to two.
0: So yeah, at this point, the Suns are going to have
1: to really defy history. They do. They do. And also to note, that if Chris Paul loses tonight, he would become the first player to lose four best-of-seven series when his team led two games to none.
0: Oh, that would feel... Well, I can't imagine how that would feel. I mean, I know how that would feel as a fan, but as a player, you know, that just, in this series, we've seen how Chris Paul hasn't quite been able to pull off those clutch moments and he's had those detrimental moments where he's turned the ball over oh yeah yeah but he
1: at at important times and it's crazy to think that in the closeout game over the clippers he was on fire yeah second half he was hitting shot after shot it seemed like in that fourth quarter just nailing them putting the nail in the coffin of the Los Angeles Clippers. And since, since really, since game one of the NBA Finals, where I believe he scored 32 points. Yeah. Since that game, he has not been the same player.
0: Yeah, we were thinking, or at least I was thinking, maybe this was the time where he was finally going to show out and win
1: that final. And he has had He's had great looks, don't get me wrong. He's just – he's not he's not making those shots. Also, credit Mike Budenholzer's game plan on him defensively. Yeah. he He and Booker. That's true. Like we can't – Since, you know, since game two, their defensive game plan on stopping these guys, they have executed it very well because, look – once again Milwaukee trailing by 16 in game 5 which was tied the third largest comeback for Milwaukee in NBA finals history in the last 25 last 25 seasons i might add but call a timeout and they just come up with this strategy, and the next thing you know, they're stopping. They're stopping the Suns on that end of the floor, and they're they're quickly they're quickly getting the basketball back. And let me tell you, Chris, it started raining threes with Connaughton. Mm-hmm. I know Tucker, PJ Tucker, hit a few there. Holiday, yeah. Holiday, Holiday's the one that kept them in that first half, Chris. Yeah, knocking some big time three pointers. Well, you I, just I believe you, I believe he only had only one or two misses in the in the first half from three. Well, so he, he had a, he had a pretty good percentage from three.
0: And you just mentioned Connaughton. I mean, shout out to him, great game off the bench. Yes. He had 14 points. Something and,
1: that the Suns do not have right now, Chris, which Yeah. is really waning yeah, the, on them. The
0: the the Suns got a total of 15 points
1: from the bench total <laughs> it's not it's not gonna get it done against the squad. It's just not and
0: you made me think of some oh yeah, and it may just be a a I mean it's a perhaps a viable strategy from the bucks. I mean just if you're gonna let someone go off, let Booker go off and just focus on keeping Chris Paul in check. And maybe that's the – you know, that's contributing to kind of yeah. what you were saying. That's contributing to why Chris Paul – I mean, it's not like – we know Chris Paul is a, a good player, a great player. No doubt. So they're shutting him down after – they figured out in game one, and they're working to just – if they're going to let someone
1: do damage, let it be Booker. Don't and let I, Paul do it. And I, I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because it made – it made me just think about how, in my opinion, in this series, we we all know how bad Chris Paul w- wants to win an NBA championship. But it seems like he's trying too much. He's been trying too much in this series. He's been pressing. Tonight, in tonight's game, for this Suns team to win tonight, To force a game seven and bring it back to Phoenix, Arizona. Chris Paul has got to be that floor general. And we talked about just just a few moments ago about playing keep away. Mm -hmm. He needs to do that on the time of possession. Control the time of possession over Milwaukee. Because we've, we've all seen what they've done in three straight games offensively. 've they, they have clicked and they have been cohesive. So it's time, Chris Paul to get back to being being the floor general, being the facilitator, but letting the clock letting the clock go down. But make sure when that clock is you know starting to count down from from 10 on, that you set up, you set up a great play, and your you and or your teammates are knocking down those shots. Because if if that doesn't work, then yeah, you're gonna, you're going to be in trouble. Especially if that three headed monster will is continuing to do what they do.
0: And on the defensive side, which part of that three headed monster do you most focus
1: on shutting down? It's got to be Giannis inside double team him, Mm -hmm. make Middleton, Holiday, Connaughton, Tucker, make those guys shoot the basketball and and hope and pray that they miss a good majority of the time. But you, like I just touched on, Giannis averaging 32.2 points per game in this series. Right. You got to stop him first. Even if it means making him just shoot a bunch of free throws. Yeah, if you – Exactly. If you have to hack him, hack him. But I'm sure Monty Williams the past couple of days has honed in on telling his guys, "Hey, look we have we have got to snag the rebounds when he misses his free throw shots. We have got to." Well,
0: and that and that's. I'll... Similarly, that's something the Suns have got to because, fix because
1: because then the buck the Bucks use the same keep away strategy all of a sudden from yeah. the Sun and and melt the clock down and then guys that have been you know guys that knock the shots down for him in Game Five Middleton Holiday Conanton, end up getting a clutch shot and then you're you're like oh shucks so oh well yeah
0: <laughs> well yeah and that's why what the, can we do the Suns have to fix that you can't be losing that many rebounds when you're the when the other team is shooting free and throws. And the
1: only time the Bucks lost a home game in this series was to the Atlanta Hawks. You want to know why? Because they shot they shot at a high level and they were scrappy and just stayed with them. That's and I, I'm not trying to compare the Hawks to the Suns, but the Suns have got to have that same mentality tonight. We've got, you know, we've got to be this pestering gnat that's just going to stay in there, stay in each player's face. You know, force them to make bad shots, force them to turn the ball over, and then have to. We have to execute on the offensive end, but they. It's time to steal a page from the Atlanta Hawks, in my opinion. you got to play like those guys did in that first game of the Eastern Conference Finals. Because if you don't, then Milwaukee is going to win their first championship in 49 seasons, dating back to the 1971 Milwaukee Bucks. So that would be their first championship since then. Yeah, and again,
0: got to be feeling pretty good about their chances. Uh, Suns, it's just tough because they're going to have to pull off that amazing game, like you said, where they, they shoot just incredibly well. And I guess the good news for them is they don't really have to do that twice, They really just need to focus on trying to get this back home and then just playing their game at that point.
1: They played outstanding. They played outstanding in that first quarter. Oh, they did. But then it from second quarter on, it was Milwaukee's game. Yeah. The 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 Suns started to let Milwaukee play their game. And that's definitely not what needs to happen tonight if well, you want to force a game 7
0: and again that goes into saying it just seems like keep them off balanced it seems like the bucks are making the best adjustments they throughout are. this series
1: credit credit the coaching staff and credit the players they're 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 going back to the drawing board they're coming up with ideas that have not not only have changed games but have changed the momentum in a huge way in this series. Oh yeah, 3 games in a row. Credit credit their whole entire staff and players on just going out and executing it and getting it done, especially on the defensive end with those once again with those two huge stops. You know, the one in game 4 and the one in game 5. So obviously I like I like Milwaukee tonight.
0: Yeah, Milwaukee may throw our prediction off a bit here, and
1: uh, they I mean just, you have
0: to feel good about their chances to take this home in Game Six tonight.
1: Oh yes, they've just been dominant at home. They have all the momentum in this series after winning three straight, and they are playing the best team basketball for sure. They are. They are just so cohesive once they get going and they've they've been they've been unstoppable at home. So the Suns have got to they've got a fight and scrap tonight and I'd also like to point out just a just a couple of, of things before we, we close okay this segment out if I can, Chris. Of course, Suns at Bucks, game six tonight at 8 o'clock on ABC. Bucks lead the series three games to two. This is the first time that the Phoenix Suns have faced elimination this postseason. Oh, wow. And one more thing to note of, and this is also Chris Paul and the Suns being on the wrong side of things Mm -hmm. as they have been in the last three games, as we have seen. But Chris Paul has lost his last 12 playoff games when Scott Foster was head referee. Guess who is the (laughs) Uh, head crew chief tonight for tonight's game six? I'm guessing the person Chris Paul doesn't want. Scott Foster. Oh,
0: Well, that's an interesting tidbit. I wonder. Uh, all right, Chris Paul, you gotta you gotta shut that
1: out if you're thinking about it. Hopefully so, hopefully yeah. not. So, yeah, if you if you have to do if you have to play the time of possession, do it. But just make sure when you pass the ball or you shoot it yourself that those shots are falling for you. And for goodness because, sake, because we all know when Giannis, Giannis, and them are out in transition, it's like a right. dead gun freight train coming.
0: And for goodness sake, get the rebound off those missed free yes, throws.
1: Yes, yes. And when when you have to resort to hack a Giannis, as, as we're now going to call it, mm. hack a Giannis, and they're they cannot turn the ball over tonight as well. Phoenix, Chris Paul, 18 turnovers a series. You cannot turn the basketball over. You have got to play your style of basketball, not Milwaukee's. And do not let Milwaukee get ahead of you. Do not play catch up tonight. And no, I'm not talking about Hines ketchup. <laughs> Heinz or Hunt's ketchup. But don't Yum yum. But don't. Don't play their game tonight just because they're at home. Be be the team that's hungry. Be the team that enjoys having your back against the wall. Because let me tell you, I'd much rather have my back against the wall, down 3-2, than to be up 3-2 right now. I want to go into Milwaukee with something to prove and saying, we're not done yet.
0: Well, the tough part for the Suns is they haven't had to do that yet. So we're going to find out for the first time this postseason. First
1: time this postseason, if they have what it takes to go into Milwaukee, beat them, and force a game seven, we shall see. All right, well, moving
0: on to a story that's not quite as fun. Well, honestly, two stories that aren't quite as fun, but I guess one more humorous than the other. The first one, the more serious one, that shooting that happened outside the Nationals Park uh it was the night of the
1: 17th, so a few nights ago. Yeah, Saturday night. Yeah, Uh Dur- during the NBA finals game 6. Yeah, so there, I might the, add. there
0: was a lot going on, so I'm just I just see on Twitter uh you know trending that something had happened. Yeah. So there was a lot of confusion of course
1: yeah. those first few hours. Yeah, for me I was watching the game. Well, I I, I take that back. I wasn't I wasn't watching the the NBA Finals game just yet because I, I actually don't believe it had it had started so I was watching I was watching Red Sox Yankees on Fox Okay, where as we all have seen today as we're filming this on a Tuesday afternoon where it has rained constantly <laughs> it rained constantly during that game Mm-hmm that night and I remember they quickly cut to a game break as they call it on Fox and they also do it on NFL Sundays. They'll say well a quick game break here and they'll go into another game where somebody had just scored but they did a game break and that's when Kevin Burkhart of Fox Sports said that game between the Nationals and the Padres had been postponed due to gunfire outside of Nationals Park and then a sight that a sight that I did not want to see you see fans fleeing from from the outfield oh, gates, yeah. just just fleeing you know ducking their heads trying to trying to keep moving but to being a safe position to do so. Well, and it
0: reminds you of the footage—a sight,
1: a sight that I, I hated and did not want to see. Oh, of course.
0: I mean, it makes you think of the footage of people running during the Vegas shooting. Yeah, when people were Gosh. running away. Uh, and uh, I mean, that—that that was the confusion at first. Is since it was just right outside the stadium, you don't know if that's in the park or not. You when don't you're, when you're in when there's so much noise already in you a don't.
1: ballpark. And I. I remembered watching another video where, and what's crazy is the Nationals had just gotten out of the 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 top part of that inning, so they were fixing to come to bat, and you see the catcher and the pitcher start to hear the gunfire, and they immediately turned around and looked towards the outfield area. That shows, shows how loud it was because yeah. you know, everybody in the
0: stadium heard it. It, what what was it reported that four people were shot? Uh, yeah, I think there were. I think that originally that was the report. I think okay. later it was said that there were actually only three injuries. Okay, uh, and they were all people who like showed up to the hospital later that were in the cars. I think were the between the where the shooting happened. Okay, between those two cars okay. outside the stadium. So I mean, thankfully, I mean, double check real quick. I don't think any. Uh, you know, of course we know nobody
1: in the stadium got hurt at least. And what, what blows my mind is Chris is we were only what close to a week from whenever the Colorado state police in Denver caught the, the four guys in that hotel room with all of those guns and ammunition and stuff, and we're able to to stop a mass shooting either before or during the All-Star game.
0: Right. Like we had just dodged and an then, actual... And then you
1: just fast forward some days later, and then this happens, unfortunately, in Washington, D.C., where we've already seen a number of, chaos happened at yeah some
0: events have gone down and i mean if any of those fans had seen that report it was probably in the back of their mind as soon as they heard the noise oh yeah oh yeah because
1: another another footage i guess i could say showed where nationals People, so to speak, told the fans to remain seated while while they they quickly start to resolve the the issue. And once again, I hated seeing this, but you you're seeing fans duck under their seats because, like like you said, Chris, at that point. You don't know where the gunfire is coming from. Right. Now, I, 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 I just touched on the two players immediately looking towards center field, but still,
0: well, you just know it's in that general area yeah. somewhere. but well, you,
1: you have you have no idea really, and so that's when the chaos and the panic ensues, and just it, it's just it's just the sight. It's just a sight that I did not want to see, and I absolutely hated it. And then there was another footage that showed concession stand area you know tables all of that good stuff and fan uh fans are fleeing knocking over the tables and or hiding under the tables yeah because they they have no idea what to do they're just they're, they're just trying they're just trying to to get the safety in the best way that they possibly can. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and one quick correction I want to make. Uh, See, so yeah, three people were injured. Two of them were in one of the cars and they like walked to the hospital later. Wow. Uh, and of course they're being questioned and everything. Yeah. Uh, the third one was a woman who was attending the game and was struck while she was outside the stadium. So I don't know. Okay. I'm guessing she must have already been Like outside the stadium when it happened, obviously. So it's not like she was running away, and then got struck. I would assume, but uh, her injuries aren't considered life threatening. So thank the Lord. All in all, got out of this pretty lucky. It was just, of course, terrifying for the
1: people who were there. Yes, and it's it's just so unfortunate now to where if you're thinking about going to a sporting event, you're questioning whether to do so out of safety precautions. Well, and you know, that, uh, whether it's COVID related or
0: yeah, cause that's ticking back up with the Delta
1: right. variant or a, some, some mad person that's absolutely sick and twisted wants to, wants to kill people.
0: Well, and, and not that you should be having a, a shootout between cars anywhere, but what a weird place to do it, right by the <laughs> right by like, a baseball stadium where you know there's a bunch of people and security and police around. Yeah. It's just, well, I guess dumb people are going to do dumb things, but still.
1: Yeah, it's just the, the world is a nasty and cruel place right now. There's no if-ands or buts about it. It it is. It's just unfortunate that you all of a sudden don't really feel safe going to a sporting event now. And and sports. You and I love sports. This is a sports podcast. Sports. From a, from a fan's perspective, is a great way to, to get away from things, to get away from your job and all of the things that you go through in a job, whether it be anxiety, depression, or whatnot, you know, to help you get away from your job and just, just events that are going on your in in your life to get away to go watch a highly competitive sports game is 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 what we all do to to, to get away from things and to to help us enjoy ourselves bring a smile to our faces and it's just unfortunate that it's come to now safety Keep keeping your really keeping your safety first because of covid and or shootings
0: well, and it's a reminder that yeah, we like to escape in sports and entertainment, but sports and the people involved are real people, and it's part of the real world, and unfortunately, sometimes they you know cross paths. Uh, and of course, that also means that, I mean, I'm not going to get too far off in the weeds. I know sometimes people hate it when uh, politics and things gets into sports, but again, sports are part of the real world, so there will be intersection there sometimes, and I'm not going to call that unfortunate because sometimes, sometimes things have to be said or stood up for or protested against. Now, this is a case of, just something nobody wants intersecting with the sports world and reminding you of some of the terrible events that happen across the country. Uh, But a bit of hope and good news here. I mean, there've always been sick and twisted people. There've always been bad things happen. And I actually feel like we're becoming less violent now than we were. I mean, the seventies and eighties were, you know, really bad for, for violence and, and crime. And, uh, I believe things have gotten better in worldwide. We're, we're getting better as a species. It's just that now we're so interconnected and we know all of the news immediately when it happens and social media, we instantly know everything. So sometimes it can be overwhelming. So I guess that's a reminder to not ignore the events of life and what's happening around you. So, you know, we need to do everything we can to stop crime like this and, and hopefully improve people's mental health. So we, we need better mental health so that we don't have more mass shooting issues. And, uh, of course there'll be a whole debate on guns that we won't get into here. But it's a reminder not to forget about that, but also don't get so, I guess, deep into it that like into social media, (laughs) like your Facebook feed and all this, that you're driving yourself crazy. You still need that, those outlets like movies and, and games and yes, sports. Yeah to, yeah, to keep you entertained. Yeah, to just to keep your mind, keep your mind off of off of that mess. Exactly. You you've got to give yourself a break every now and then. So you do. So the good news is, yes, sports are still a way for you to uh get a break from that. It's just unfortunate that sometimes the worlds do cross, and this was an instance where yeah, the real world crossed over in to the, the
1: entertainment sports world yeah and I, I hate I hate when it it does that and affects sports and sporting events for sure because
0: no one wants shootings and no one wants their escape being affected. By a similar In a violent thing, way. In a, a violent, yeah. A violent shooting. Now, again, thankfully this was outside the stadium. It wasn't a situation like what could have gone down at Coors Field. So all in all, we were fortunate here, but it was sort of a it was definitely a scare for everyone, but especially those those fans at Nationals Park. Yeah. But again, just so thankful that it didn't end up worse than it was. Yes. Yes, yes, very, very thankful indeed. Uh, and now I guess we'll move on to a little bit more lighthearted but somewhat serious story. Uh, a, a Yankees fan. <laughs>
1: I know where this is going with yeah. Chris.
0: A Yankees fan has been... I
1: saw when it happened. I was watching the game. I <laughs> See, ahead. I
0: actually wasn't watching live when it happened, but I saw about it later. Uh, yeah. A Yankees fan got banned... For life from MLB Parks for throwing a ball and hitting Alex Verdugo in the back from the
1: stands. (laughs) Yes, Uh, Uh, while it's still pouring down raining in the Bronx Yeah, at Yankee Stadium.
0: Needless to say, don't do that. I mean, the Yankees put out a statement like, "While we appreciate the spirit, while well, read it. While we appreciate the spirit and passion of our fans and our various <laughs> rivalries, especially with the Red Sox, uh, reckless you gotta, love, you gotta love that reckless, disorderly, and dangerous behavior that puts the safety of the players, field staff, and fellow fans in jeopardy will not be tolerated."
1: And yeah, you don't, you don't love that. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the right statement. I just meant, I just meant the opening part of the statement. As a Yankee fan, you gotta love it. because <laughs> yeah. they're, they're they're still like, oh boy, we still hate the Red Sox and <laughs> yeah. they're our rival. But but just don't. There are certain lines that you cannot cross, and that's definitely one of them.
0: This has made me think, though. You got to be careful when if you're at a like if you're a fan and you catch the home run ball for the opposing team, you want to throw it back. You better be careful. You don't accidentally hit the other. Oh my gosh! Player, because yeah. you're gonna
1: get banned for life. And it is crazy that now that that has happened in baseball, where in the first round of the NBA playoffs, you saw Westbrook get pelted by popcorn. You saw a player get pelted by a water bottle. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And so you're really starting to see fans show their for. Frustration and their hatred <laughs> towards certain players, like oh man, but it, it also in a cowardly because it is it's a, it's in cowardly fashion. Also be- because the the players can't do nothing back at you. The only thing that they can do is to tell a usher or attendant and point you out that you threw said object, and then for you to be. Escorted and removed from the contest.
0: Also, I'll say this as a Yankee, as a Yankee fan. I mean, why this year? Are you like just salty that we kind of are mediocre this year, and the (laughs) Red Sox are like up in the division? Like, why? Like jealousy. It kind of make more sense. I still wouldn't be excusable, but it'd make more sense if we were like battling each other out for first place in the division. We're like neck and neck right now, and things were super heated. This rivalry is not heated right now. The Red Sox are good. The Yankees yep. aren't. There's no
1: bad blood, bad animosity. Yeah, honestly, I feel like these past the, couple years. In this years, instance, instead of play two players or players involved, it was a fan and an opposing player. Yeah. And like So that just do that, that shows you the fans frustration and and all of this yeah he's, i'm sure there's much there's a lot of and, frustration and it's right un, now it's understandable but you don't have to throw an object no at a at a rival player <laughs> just because of it i mean shoot i've i've thought about that a lot but did i end up doing it no for instance mississippi state just won the college baseball national championship did I drive over to some Mississippi State fan's house and just <laughs> me, uh, just melee their yard or you or go, any objects that they have? No, you
0: because go, you go TP Dudley Noble
1: or do what <laughs> do what the the insane Auburn fan Harvey Updike did. I mean Alabama fan. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry, Harvey yeah. Updike did and poison the. No, that the trees at Toomer's Corner.
0: That's one of the worst things I've seen of. And go on and go do. on the
1: Paul Feinbaum show the following Monday when he's back on the air and admit it.
0: Yeah, what an idiot.
1: How dumb do you have to be?
0: I mean, listen, uh you gotta remember sports attracts a lot of people, and you gotta remember that half of those people are
1: not right in the head. Yeah, they're
0: probably <laughs> Below average. Speaking of mental health again, here we yeah. go. Um, so, you know, what's the George Carlin thing? Like, uh, you've met the average person. Now, remember that half the people are below that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. Uh, You're going to have some bad apples at every single sporting event wherever you go to and oh my gosh i mean watching nascar i've seen some things as well like one time jeff gordon won at talladega and it it being talladega there's a lot of junior fans Jalen hart junior fans oh of course and they were so mad they were like throwing beer bottles and cans at at the gordon's car as he was
1: going around celebrating after the the win so that makes me think of the blues brothers movie when they were playing Country music, and they were in a country bunker, as it was called, we got both kinds, country and western, and they had to come up with my favorite song, quite possibly in the movie, other than Sweet Home Chicago, and that was Rawhide, yeah, which saved their hide, <laughs>
0: yeah, from fitting.
1: being pelted by more glass beer bottles and other unsaid stuff.
0: Well, and then of course there's there's more examples like uh, a few years ago when the Braves got so mad when uh, in the playoffs that yeah that, that infield, infield fly, fly rule screwed yep. them, and I mean that ended up being Chipper Jones' last chance. Gosh, and I don't blame him for being mad. And of course, if you go way back, we weren't allowed for this. But who was it that had the the like nickel beer night or whatever? Was it a nickel? I think, per beer or
1: something. Or a dime. A yeah. dime, dime beer night, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was dime beer night. I can't remember, gosh, I can't remember what game it was, but I do remember. But it ended in worse disaster than <laughs> any of this. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. So yeah, sometimes, man, fans will and do crazy that, things. I believe
1: it was a baseball game. Oh, yeah, it was baseball. I'm yeah. just trying to... I'll look it up real quick. Cause it's going to drive me crazy. Uh, I'm not going. I'm not going to lie to you, Chris. That might have been an Atlanta Braves game too. I don't, or the Braves might have been one of the teams. But if memory serves me correct, I thought it was the. Atlanta oh yeah, it was Braves. in Cleveland, of course. <laughs> oh, Cleveland. Okay. Well, never mind.
0: I'd say, of course, because back in that time, I mean, tensions were high in Cleveland. Uh, they were having, you know, economic. But the heart issues. of rock and roll,
1: the heart of rock and roll is in Cleveland. Well, hey. And Huey Lewis and the News. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For all of you music junkies out there like myself. Now I'm just picturing you as like
0: American Psycho. As Christian Bateman. Bale. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was Cleveland Indians and they were playing.
1: <laughs> who were they playing? I would not be shocked if it was a division foe.
0: Yeah, it was like a hot night in Cleveland. Tensions are high from economic woes. <clears> hmm. <throat> oh, they were they were playing. Uh, they were playing the Rangers, and apparently they'd had like a brawl
1: the previous. Uh like yeah. previously so like nobody was happy in this you you in in baseball that seems to happen in a series where if it's friday, friday saturday sunday so a weekend series a guy gets pegged in the friday night series the the team will rem- remember that and respond with one of their own the following game and it seems like that whole series it's just the t- as the tensions build and in this case they
0: just ended up having a a riot with the fans basically
1: which in that Red Sox Yankee series I applaud the officials in charge of, of keeping keeping that thing from escalating further now once again I, I know it was a fan to a rival player but you never you never know how certain people are going to take things, especially on the other side.
0: Oh, well, yeah, and it it probably helps that I'm sure the Yankee players were like we don't want any part of this anyway. Yeah, yeah, and oh, uh, and another one, I uh, remember the the Disco Demolition Night in Chicago also from the 70s. Oh my gosh, how could I not forget yeah, that one? Yeah, so so that's another instance of fans just being unruly.
1: Who are the White Sox playing? Then my night? gosh, that uh, the Tigers. That that tops them all right there to this day. That's still number one. Yeah,
0: I feel like one day we should like maybe delve into uh, dime beer night and disco demolition yeah. night. we should like yeah, <laughs> yeah, Chris, dive we, in we and talk could, about that a little bit. We
1: could do a we could do a special edition of the show and yeah, and and do something different. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun, but. Yeah, how could I not forget that in (laughs) Chicago? Or how could you not forget it?
0: So, yeah, fans, when you're at a game, don't throw the ball. Don't throw anything. At an opposing fan. And listen, if you are going to do the thing where you throw back the home run ball, make sure that there's not a player nearby (laughs) or that you don't hit someone else in the back of the head. Yeah. I would just keep the ball or give it to a kid. If you don't want the ball, give it to a kid yeah. or something. You'll
1: find a little kid next to you and yeah, give it to them. They'll love it. Exactly. If you, yeah, exactly. If you think you, that you're going to hit a player in the back of the head or something, just give it to a little kid because you, you you will make that kid's day. Believe it or oh. not. Oh, for sure. And that's that, that's that's also that's also in my opinion how how you keep. Kids involved in the game of baseball, whether it's playing or just growing up to be more and more of a fan each season.
0: I mean, those memories make a huge difference. As of
1: you know, it was memories that because led to me growing my fandom. Right. Because baseball already gets a lot of flack for being boring and too long. Well, let me tell you, people, if you actually knew the game of baseball, knew what was going on, and actually attended a game in the great atmospheres that we have all across the country in Major League Baseball stadiums, then you would grow to to like and or love the game as well. So people that want to say that are people that have not, they haven't attended a game and or have watched the game from start to finish. so the people that want to point that out try try going try going to it to a live baseball game and try and try watching it from start to finish and and then I believe you will change your mind.
0: Okay, well, I wanted to touch on the racing weekend real quick because there was some controversy, uh, and it's worth at least touching on. So, first of all, the Formula One race. Lewis Hamilton won, but again, not without controversy. Uh, First lap, a great battle between he and Max Verstappen. Uh, Lewis... Kind of takes a corner a bit wide. Goes a bit above the apex. Doesn't give any room to Max. Max thinking he's probably taking the normal line. Doesn't give any room to Lewis. Comes over. They end up touching. Sends Max into the wall. The tire barrier. He barely slows down over the rocks. Thank goodness he wasn't seriously injured. Lewis ends up getting a penalty because the fault was mostly on him and he got a 10-second time penalty, but he's able to come back from that 10-second penalty after the pit stop to win the race anyway, which drives some of the more, mm, let's say, anti-Lewis fans out there mad because they felt like, oh, he should have got more. There were some people out there saying that, like... Lewis Hamilton should have been like taken out of the race or suspended or something, which is just crazy to me, especially someone who watches NASCAR, and I'm used to some contact (laughs) happening all the time. But I know that open wheel is different. Uh, However, even more, I think, of a problem after the race, I mean, Lewis Hamilton is the one black driver, and of course, there was some real bad comments on social media that were going around after that happened. So, you know, things I'm not going to repeat here, but it was bad enough to where all the teams and like Formula One and FIA had to come out and like denounce, (laughs) like, we do not support any bad, like racist comments directed towards Lewis Hamilton. So I guess this kind of goes to the previous statement. Fans, don't be crazy. Like, he got his penalty from the FIA, and it's pretty incredible that he came back from a 10-second penalty in a Formula One race to win anyway. So you know, sit back and just enjoy the show. It's okay to be mad, but
1: don't, don't be take a take it out. Yeah, don't
0: be a racist jerk.
1: I and could say more, but don't take it out verbally or physically.
0: Yeah, that, thankfully there you don't really see many physical altercations in Formula 1, but yeah, uh, fans don't don't and, get physical and either.
1: And it's just it's crazy how we've touched on three straight topics and it's been about these crazy people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, involved in sporting events.
0: And again, uh, thanks to the wonders of social media, we get to like see it all, real time, and get to experience yeah. all the all the crazy. But uh, moving, so that that kind of covers Formula One. Just the brief I want to talk about there. To get more of this, though, the NASCAR race also had controversy. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. They started the race with a bit of a drizzle falling. Okay. Which they've, I mean, they've raced through Drizzle before because if, I mean, once the cars get going, they kind of keep the dra- track dry themselves. Yeah. Uh, however, the some of the drivers did voice concerns. Now I was listening to the Suarez radio and I just heard him mention a little, they call them weepers where some water comes out from under the track and, but he, he was good to go. He wasn't saying that they shouldn't start, but some drivers were saying they shouldn't start the race. They started anyway, and they do have people positioned around the track to report if it's raining too heavy, but as soon as they start, each lap, it progressively picked up a little heavier, a little heavier. Uh, shortly thereafter, it got heavy enough to where you see the cars go into turn one, and they kind of got loose a little bit, some of them, because the track was getting too wet, and by the next lap, we had... Four or five cars wrecked, including the leader, Kyle Busch, backed it into the wall because he just lost control over the rainwater. And he was out of the race. Uh, two other Joe Gibbs cars, X and Hamlin, they got some damage but were able to keep going. PR nightmare for NASCAR. They ended up giving an excuse about how uh, it was just drizzling and we didn't know. But, of course, a lot of fans weren't hearing it. And we're all up in arms on social media.
1: Joe Gibbs, that's a very familiar name.
0: Oh, yeah. That comes to mind. It's that NFL crossover. And, yep. Hey, his first driver was my favorite guy, Dale Jarrett, back yeah. in the day.
1: So the small two time Super Bowl winning head coach of the Washington Redskins, who are no longer called. The Redskins, they are now called the Washington football team. Yeah, hopefully they figure out a name soon enough. I want them to be the Sentinel so bad, like off of the movie The Replacements. <laughs> but I, I got that a feeling it's not it. going to happen. Uh, who would have ever thought, though, that Joe Gibbs would have
0: more championships yeah. in NASCAR than in yeah. football? I, I, I never would have thought that. <laughs> How about that? Uh but then to add even more controversy, they had to stop the race early because it was getting dark and there's no lights around New Hampshire motor Speedway. So they ended the race early after raking some cars because of rain. And once again, rain. Yeah. I guess one good story out of this, <laughs> Eric Almirola won the race, which is a huge surprise. He's had a terrible year and he just came out of nowhere to win this race. So he'll be in the playoffs. All right. Which will probably mean like, a first round exit but we'll see maybe he'll so prove me wrong. You're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, I mean, it's literally just having a terrible year. Uh, thankfully no racist <laughs> stuff going on in the the comments here just people saying that like NASCAR is the worst officiating body in racing. <laughs> I think it's an important time to remember that this same thing has happened in IndyCar in rally racing in Formula One, in uh, even uh, endurance racing. It's just they don't want to have to stop for rain. So sometimes they push it a little bit too far and it, it's an egg in their face. I will say though, perhaps after the egg in their face at the Circuit of the Americas when it was raining so heavy, they probably should have edged on the side of caution because they've already had rain issues this year. But they took a chance. It backfired. It really is unfortunate for Kyle Busch. There's really no one doing that. Oh, another thing. Kyle Busch was so angry. He was like bumping the pace car, like he was hitting the pace car under caution. That's not surprising at all. So I'm curious if he's going to get a fine today. We'll see about that. That's not surprising
1: <laughs> at all because he 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 ha, he. We all know he's he has rage issues. Yeah, so he was and he was not a happy. Common camper. sense tells you do not be rageful while at the wheel of a. Speeding bullet of a NASCAR. Well, and I'll close with
0: this. I was amazed. (laughs) I was amazed that the TV NBC was brave enough to interview him after he got out of the car. Wow,
1: that takes a lot of cojones. (laughs) I
0: was, but even more amazing was he didn't say anything bad. Whenever they asked something that would make him, that I knew he would say something bad. He was just like, I'm not gonna say anything or else I'll get in trouble. <laughs> so he just gave well, a short interview and he was calm and collected and That's uh, good. I was surprised. But that, yeah. is, that, that is
1: that is very surprising coming coming from him.
0: So a controversial weekend in racing and uh both Formula One and NASCAR again, just uh it's okay to be mad about it, but uh don't be stupid about it. While we're on racing, I want to talk about the random page real quick. I went to racingreference.info and, of course, chose random. Now, today it gave me something I'm not quite as familiar on. It's the 1982 Pro Vimy Veal Tony Bittenhausen 200. It was a uh, cart race. So... Race 6 of 11 from 1982 is on Sunday, August 1st. I'm not super familiar with the kart series, especially before...
1: Mario! <laughs>
0: <laughs> especially before when the split happened and then they, you know, IndyCar sort of rose to prominence. So I'm not as familiar. Uh, Tom Sneva won. Bobby Rahal finished second. Now, this is a name, of course, familiar with, but Mario Andretti finished third.
1: Mario Andretti. Now,
0: here's an interesting name finishing fourth. Howdy, Holmes. Sounds like a Western character name Howdy, or partner? Yeah, exactly. What a name, though. Yeah. Uh, anybody else I recognize? Uh, Rick Mears, 12th. Roger Mears, 14th. Brothers. Mm. I don't know, actually. Because... Uh, <laughs> Now, somebody who did not start for some reason, Al Unser. Now, that's a name I know pretty well. But, yeah, Tom Sneva won. He led 72 of 200 laps. Uh, wow. Rick Mears had engine issues when he finished uh, 12th. Uh, he led 126 laps. And, oh, man, he was driving for Roger Penske all the way back then. So,
1: hmm.
0: Let me see. Let me see who won the championship this year. And then, uh yeah, in 1982, Rick Mears won the championship with that uh Penske ride. So, I guess not all that surprising that he was having such a good day before the engine issues. Bobby Rahal finished second, Mario Andretti third in the standings, which just coincidentally, they finished second and third in this race. So, uh yeah, that was the 1982 race number six of eleven. It was in the at the Milwaukee Mile cart uh, race, two hundred laps. Tom Sneva won, Mario Andretti third, and Al Unser did not start for some reason. All right. Well, before we close out, you got any shout-outs?
1: Well, I don't. I don't have any shout-outs in particular, but some news, unfortunate news as of that, came earlier this morning. Cam Akers, as a lot of people that cover or follow high school football in the state of Mississippi, you will very much know the running back that played at Clinton High School in Clinton, Mississippi. Ironically, I was in Clinton over the weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And and stayed there for, for two nights. But And Cam Akers also continued playing – at the collegiate level for the Florida State Seminoles. He was drafted in the second round of the 2020 NFL draft by the Los Angeles Rams. News broke this morning that he tore his Achilles while training. And, of course, this was leading up to training camp because training camp hasn't officially started just yet for NFL teams, but he tears his his Achilles while training and will now, unfortunately, miss the 2021 NFL season. So that's a huge blow for the Los Angeles Rams. Yes. As Cam Akers was their leading rusher from a season ago with 625 rushing yards.
0: That's disappointing. I hate it for him.
1: The Los Angeles Rams will now have to rely heavily on another Mississippian, how ironic, Yeah, in Daryl Henderson, who played running back at South Panola High School in Batesville, Mississippi. And he also played at the collegiate level, running back for the Memphis Tigers. So all of a sudden Daryl Henderson now becomes the, the primary starter. A uh, a name to watch out for, Chris, is former former MVP and Los Angeles Rams running back Todd Gurley, who was yet to be yeah. signed by an NFL team. So that's that's a name to look out for where the where Gurley and the Rams could potentially reunite yeah, together. That'd
0: be interesting. Something to Look out for.
1: But other notable running backs on the roster is the seventh round draft pick from this year's NFL draft from Maryland in Jake Funk. That's another guy to look out for some major reps at the running back position. And undrafted free agent, Signee Xavier Jones. Okay. So those are two other names to look out for in the Rams backfield, but obviously Daryl Henderson an another Mississippian. So you had two Mississippians that were one and two. Yeah, how about the Unfortunately Acres is now lost for the season before training camp even begins. Yeah, it's just disastrous. And so you go from one Mississippian to Mississippian, as now Daryl Henderson will take the majority of the reps in that running back room, and obviously you gotta look for a potential reunion between Todd Gurley and the Rams, yeah, it seems could be quite possible because. Daryl Henderson the past few years he, he's had a lot of a lot of injury history so you don't feel very confident and or comfortable going forward with him being your starter. So you're definitely going to have to look at either reuniting with Todd Gurley, making a trade or, or bringing somebody in that has experience because Daryl Henderson will not, give you a long term option, in my opinion, this year at running back when you're now in a you know, winter bust type of a season and or seasons to follow after you just acquired Matthew Stafford from the Detroit Lions right. to become your your new starting quarterback. You're definitely in a win-now mode, so you obviously have got to have pieces in place after acquiring Matthew Stafford to, to really help you this season in a very tough division, I might add. The NFC West is no joke, no laughing matter. That division is arguably one of, if not the toughest division in all of football. And so you're definitely going to need a reliable back to hand the ball off. So this obviously was a huge blow today for the Los Angeles Rams just going to be interesting to see if Daryl Henderson can take the bull by the horn so to speak and really pardon the pun here really run off well use the situation to his advantage exactly with with, uh, with his new his new starting role and hopefully stay injury free this season so that's that's all I have. All right. Well, I have a quick
0: shout out, sort of. I uh, just sort of something I thought was pretty cool, saw where ESPN is gonna do an alternate Monday night football broadcast with Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, which Yes. Is something I'm definitely looking forward to because well, I just Enjoy the Mannings, so and they're hilarious. Oh yeah, I'm sure they're gonna be cutting up during the broadcast, which will be great. I hope they do. And I see yeah. where they they haven't announced uh, like a host yet. I guess to sort of be the the guiding force. Okay. It'd be kind of funny if they had to just make it Cooper, because I know he does <laughs> entertainment stuff. He's on right. TV a lot. So you know what? Just make it Cooper. Cooper, Peyton, and Eli. That would be a hilarious broadcast and maybe, you know, some throw some insight in as well. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to this version, this episode of the Sport Fanatics Podcast, episode 10, July 20th, 2021. We got that NBA final game tonight, game six. Be sure to check that out.
1: Big game, must-win game for the Phoenix Suns. For sure, they want to keep their season alive. Yeah, they they they've got to do it tonight. So and and you've got to do it at a at a place where this Milwaukee Bucks team has only lost one basketball game, and that was when in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals, just game one though, when Atlanta had an incredible game, right? So. In a in a three point defeat
0: to the Atlanta Hawks. And uh, you can follow us at Sport Fanatics on Twitter. Follow us. Follow us. You can follow me at Christopheles11, ChrisTopholes11
1: on Twitter. And where can they find you, J. Mike? Well, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I have the same handle on both accounts, and it is at J underscore Mikecheck. And please feel free to add me as a friend on Facebook. I'd love to interact with you. Whatever you'd like to talk about, sports related, and please let it be sports related. I I hate <laughs> politics. And I do like <laughs> I I do not like politics and <laughs> <in> sports <sighs> whatsoever. But please, please let it be sports related, since we're we have this sports sport podcast. show here yeah sports podcast and and please let it be pertaining to sports but but yeah uh, please feel free to ask me any questions if if you'd like for us to talk about and or discuss anything on the podcast uh, please reach out to either one of us and and We'll get back to you and who knows, maybe we could end up putting it on a show or whatnot. But yeah, please, just please feel free to follow us both on social media. Yeah, and thank y'all for listening to
0: this episode and Episode ten. We've got we've got
1: already ten in the in the books. Yeah, we're we're getting in the double digits now, so thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast we we appreciate it as always yeah and y'all have a good week and we shall see you and talk to you again on Friday adios